Hey everybody, welcome to Starting Sustainability. This is the Ides of the podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. I don't know if you got my joke about the Ides, kind of like the Ides of March. It's the 15th and this is episode 15. So this is my Ides of podcast. Anyways, I want to welcome everybody back. Thanks again for coming to listen on this episode. Our topic for this episode is my traveling to Florida with a toddler by myself. And let me tell you, I probably won't be doing that again. I would definitely recommend not traveling with a toddler by yourself. But first, let's do some follow-up from the last couple of episodes. I wanted to follow up on Loads of Laundry, which was episode 13. I did get some feedback from listeners, which I greatly appreciate. I love hearing feedback. It was mentioned that you can actually get hangers with velvet on them so your clothes don't fall off. Because I had mentioned you can do the wire hangers, but sometimes it'll crease, form a crease on your clothes. But you can even get wire hangers with a cardboard tube. But you can also get velvet ones. And they're, they're going to be a little bit more pricey, but totally worth it because now you don't get the crease, your clothes don't slide, it lasts a little bit longer. Some more feedback I got was when using the wool dryer balls, I use six just because that's what I bought. So I threw them all in there and that's what the YouTube video showed showed me to do. I did get feedback from other people who said, oh, thank goodness. Thanks for sharing because I guess they bought wool dryer balls. There are no instructions with them. So they would just throw like two in at a time, not really understanding that, yeah, you should throw all six in. And then I even got feedback that you can buy two packs and throw 12 in. The purpose of that, the wool dryer balls are great because they reduce the static clean, but they also act as a softener because they're bouncing around, so they're constantly breaking up the fabric. But they will also, because they're bouncing around, they're allowing the clothes to separate. It shortens the drying time, especially if you use 12 of them over 6. Another listener even mentioned if you want your clothes to smell good, then you can take the wool dryer balls and put essential oil on them. And I, I did hear this, but I've heard some mixed reviews on this. So I'll share it with you, but just heed caution when you try it. The advice, the overall advice was just do one or two drops of essential oil and only do it on one or two balls. Don't do a bunch and don't do it on all of the balls. And the reason for that is because you want to be careful to make sure that the oil itself doesn't actually stain your clothes or leave residue on your clothes. Another part I had talked about was the zero waste shaving cream and how that was a complete disaster. More feedback. You can use conditioner on your legs, which I was thinking, I think I mentioned that in the episode. I've just never actually done it myself, but other people say that they do the conditioner all the time on their legs. And my sister even mentioned she uses Dr. Bronner's Castile soap. She says, I've never even used shaving cream. I just have figured that was that was a waste of money. <laughs> it was an unnecessary gimmick. She just does the Dr. Bronner's Castile soap. I need to get some of that and give that a try. Also, there's a brand called EOS. They also make the egg-shaped chapstick, if you've ever gotten that. And they have a shaving cream that comes in a recyclable bottle. It's not quite zero waste, but it is better than the cans of shaving cream. So it's at least an improvement. That was all the feedback that I got and that I wanted to share with everybody. Let's dive into the trip to Florida. 
I went for an extended weekend because I had vacation time to burn up and my husband did not. So I just went with my 15-month-old son. It was definitely very different from when he was six months old traveling because at that point in time, he just basically laid there and was very fascinated with any little object. (laughs) But as a toddler, he was bursting full of energy and did not want to sit on my lap. We had to get up at 3.30 in the morning and leave the house by 4. It takes about 45 minutes to get to the airport. And then the flight left at 6 a.m. And it was at least a direct flight. So we landed in Florida at 8 a.m. But my son never fell back asleep, which is what I was really planning on because I was extremely tired as well. It was definitely a long flight with this kid exploding with energy, but we did survive. I did have a great time in Florida with my friends. This was my first time visiting since I even started this podcast, and I received some great feedback from my friends, so I'm excited to share that with you. It's just something about when you, they all have my phone number and my Facebook information, but when you see people in person, the conversations are just so much richer and deeper, and people think, oh, now that you're here in person, I got to tell you all this. Some news is just better to hear in person. They're excited about it. My friend Andrew shared with me this really awesome food composter called the Zera, Z-E-R-A, like zero, but with an A on the end, Zera, and it's by Whirlpool. We've mentioned composting in this podcast a few times. I guess I haven't really gone over why it's so important, so I want to cover that real quick. The average family sends over 400 pounds of food waste to landfills every year. And that waste produces nearly 20% of America's methane emissions. Composting is one of the best ways that you can change that. The Zara actually goes into your kitchen, not outside. And it can turn one week's worth of food waste into homemade fertilizer within 24 hours. There is even a carbon filter on the side that purifies the airflow, so there is not a smell. (laughs) Woohoo! It's a very quick, clean, and convenient composting method. Much better than all the ones that I found prior to this were the worm compost, or you have to bury them into the ground. This one is a lot nicer and simpler, not smelly. Definitely convenient, like I mentioned. However, it will run around $700. It's a bit pricey. I'm excited about it. I'm not quite ready to spend $700. (laughs) I know that my family personally is not sending 400 pounds of food waste to the landfill, mostly because I keep track of we're big time leftover people. We always eat our leftovers. If I know we're not going to make it in time, I throw them in the freezer. So that extends their life by six months. I always find ways to utilize our food scraps, and if it's stuff that we just didn't finish on our plate or it fell on the floor, whatever the case may be, like a lot of the food my son eats or therefore doesn't eat, he'll throw around. When he's done eating, you know, he plays with it and throws it around. So we have this, we have a dog. That is our primary food composter. But this would be something great if you have a higher amount of food waste to help justify some of the cost. But right now our scraps are so minimal Yeah, I I think it would be better for us probably to do maybe something that you bury into the ground. I don't know. We're still very back and forth on composting. It's a big commitment. You want to make sure you do your research and do it right. So I'm back and forth on it. I haven't quite started. I will definitely let you know. Anyways, 
while we were in Florida, we did stop by the community food pantry. That's the same one that was from episode 12. My son was smart enough to nap the entire time that we were there, so he got out of doing a lot of the work. But it was really great to see all of the food being donated slash saved from the landfill and going towards a good purpose. I did bring a bunch of my extra reusable bags like I talked about on that episode with Carol. That These are the bags that I've collected over years. I still have a whole bunch here. I just had a ridiculous amount. We never use that many in a grocery trip. So I took a lot of the extra ones and brought them down there. So those have been repurposed and reused. So that's cool. I did speak with Carol's father. His name is Don. And he explained that they, for some reason, have an overabundance of fruit and barely any vegetables. So I'm not really sure what's going on in the world, in the Florida market, I guess. (laughs) But it was pretty cool to see them unload a trailer and a truck full of food. And there were pallets of food. There were cases of food. It was a ridiculous amount. And they had cases upon cases of pineapples, grapes, and oranges, and all sorts of stuff. And what's crazy is they are all perfectly good. These particular fruits, they came from Sam's Club, and I guess they just were unable to sell them in a timely manner. So they were still good. They just weren't going to last as long in the consumer's home. So that normally they would have just thrown them away, but because of the community food pantry, willing to go to Sam's Club and pick them up and bring them back to the food pantry... Those fruits, perfectly good fruits and other produce, they were spared from the dumpster. Also, an interesting fact that I learned, the grocery stores, if you've ever been to a grocery store, they will sell bouquets of flowers. And those flowers will have a tag on them that says, guaranteed freshness for seven days. Well, if they don't sell in time, they will no longer meet that guarantee. And then they are discarded, even though they're perfectly good looking flowers. So, Carol went and spoke with the store managers and said, hey, I'll take those and I'll take them to the community food pantry. Okay, I know you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Flowers aren't going to feed people, but they will now get used instead of just being grown, chopped, and thrown away. They'll now get used and they're definitely going to brighten somebody's day. People who are relying on the community food pantry are already undergoing tough times and high stress. Sometimes just getting a bouquet of flowers makes you feel good and brightens up your day. So it's awesome to see that they were used. And they remember the store was going to get rid of them because they weren't going to last for seven days. So now they're only going to last for six days or five days. It made that person's week. That's what's important. After all the food was unloaded, then we went inside and started organizing it, which was also a really big undertaking. And as Carol explained in her interview, there were many bags of produce where one of the items went bad, but nobody at the grocery store is going to buy that. And the grocery store is legally not allowed to remove that one bad item. However, we can at the food pantry. So I put my hand in many bags of potatoes and apples and oranges, and I removed the bad ones, the moldy, the rotten. I removed those items and at the community food pantry. That food doesn't go to waste. Even if it's bad, it just now goes into the composting bin. That way it can be repurposed and turned into a nice fertilizer for the garden that they have or donate it somewhere else that has a a garden. Then all of the cardboard boxes that all of that food came in, they were broken down for recycling. I spent most of my time doing that. I felt felt like She-Hulk 
ooh, <laughs> ripping apart all of those boxes. It was really, really great to be a part of the solution to both food waste and food insecurity at the same time. It was a great experience. If you have never volunteered at a food pantry, I really think that you should. I think everybody should go at least one time. And if maybe food pantry is not your thing, you can do a community garden. You can do you can do something to help with sustainability and helping others at the same time. Okay, we're going to change topics just a little bit. This is still related to my trip to Florida. I stayed at April and Carol's house and Carol's mom, Linda, did a huge favor for me and she recorded an episode of Rachel Ray. She watched it and thought that I would really enjoy it. So she recorded it and saved it for me until I came down for my trip. And we watched it while I was at their house. And I'm so glad that she did this because it was such a cool eye-opening episode. And I want to share it with all of you listeners. In this episode of Rachel Ray, they did a trash swap. She met with a family. The mom and dad were Catherine and Odie. And they had two children. And they were extremely wasteful. And she was helping them transition into waste-free. It was a quick story about their transition. I mentioned it was a family of four, and they went through four trash bags per day. Per day! That's a ridiculous amount of trash bags. They used paper plates, paper napkins, paper everything. They used plastic everything, plastic utensils and Ziploc bags. They even admitted, we have way too much food waste. She would overbuy on food, and then when she would come home, She would take things like Cheerios out of the original package and put them in Ziploc bags because it would help preserve them longer. And then it even showed a a little clip of her taking the bag of Cheerios and she just grabs it and shakes it. We've had these a while. I'm sure they're stale. And she just throws them straight into the trash. Like She didn't even open it and try them to make sure they were stale. By the way, if your cereal goes stale, there are ways to undo that. You don't have to throw it all away. There are ways to fix it. You can just put it on a cookie sheet and bake it in the oven at a low temperature until it gets crispy again and it unstales it. Just like there's other tricks to preserve your food. You can put bread in with your brown sugar. You can put crackers in with your sugar or your salt and, and stop it. There's There are ways to fix food items. Anyways, and her number one source of waste was diapers. So, Rachel Ray hooked this family up with a lady named Amanda Lindner, L-I-N-D-N-E-R, Amanda Lindner. To be honest, I've not ever heard of this person before, but she has gone no trash and she doesn't even have a trash can for the past year. She lives a completely zero waste lifestyle. And she did admit it took a long time to get to that point. It takes a long time. You have to adjust a lot of things, especially shopping habits and just your day-to-day stuff, going out to eat. You have to be prepared for everything. You have to really think it through before you step out the door. But she had a lot of really great tips that I want to share with you guys. So a lot of things we've already covered, but we'll just do a quick recap. It makes me feel good knowing that this Amanda Lindner person is on the same page with me. So I'm all the information that I have is accurate. I'm doing it right, which I do my best to make sure that everything I'm, all the information I give you is good and accurate and correct. It just feels good to have someone confirm that and be on my page as well. She had mentioned in the kitchen, switching from paper napkins to cloth napkins, 
which I do here, and I love cloth napkins. I One cloth napkin way outlasts. You don't even use the whole thing in the entire meal, where I normally would have used four or five paper napkins. Cloth napkins. Switching your dish sponge for a bamboo brush or even a walnut scrubber. Plastic utensils. Swapping those out for real utensils. Instead of plastic bags, get reusable tote bags for your groceries. And instead of the Ziploc bags, do silicone bags that are reusable. When it comes to the bathroom, this family had seven bottles just within their shower bathtub area of all the different products that they use. She encourages swapping those out for a shampoo bar, a conditioner bar, a bar of body soap, just switching them out for barred items. Getting a bamboo toothbrush instead of the plastic toothbrush. Switching out cloth diapers instead of the disposable diapers. And then the last one was toilet paper. She did not mention the cloth toilet paper like I've explained in the past, but she did say that you should switch your toilet paper to a bamboo-based toilet paper because it is reducing, it's reducing the amount of waste and it's saving on the water and energy and emissions, everything involved in cutting down those trees and processing them into toilet paper. They then did a trash can audit, which I don't think I've mentioned on the podcast, but I have mentioned it on the Starting Sustainability Facebook group to do a trash can audit. So basically you collect trash all week long and then they laid out a gigantic tarp in the front yard and dumped all the trash out. And she sat down with the mom of this family and went through and separated it and made three categories, actual real trash, compostable items, and then recycling and at least significantly impacted the amount of waste that they are creating that way. I think it would be really great if everybody could do a trash can audit. If you don't want to flip it upside down and sort through it all in your front yard, you don't have to. Some people will just put a notepad up beside the trash can, and every time you throw an item in the trash can, write it down on the notepad. So if you're throwing in a plastic bottle of water, then every time you do that, you're going to write down plastic bottle of water and then you can even do tally marks beside it and figure out where is your primary source of waste and how can you target that. When it comes to traveling, and it's not so much like traveling for vacation, but just going out for the day. If you want to go to the park or to the zoo or even if you're just running errands, this mom and her kids, when they had to go out for the day, she taught them to bring a fork with you. You don't have to bring all the food with you, but if you bring a fork and a cloth napkin, and even a spoon and knife if you want. You can just make your own little travel kit of cutlery. That way, if you go to a food truck or something, you might still get it in a container that's hopefully recyclable, but if not, that might be trash. But at least then you're still minimizing the amount of waste because you brought your own utensils and cloth napkin. I thought that was a really great idea. That's very simple to make. You don't have to be crafty. You just grab a napkin and your three utensils and you can tie it with a string or put a rubber band around it. And they're very small. It will fit in the bottom of your purse or your diaper bag if you're a mom. There there are ways to do this. You could even keep them in your car. That way if you have to go through the drive-thru somewhere. I've been in situations, normally we bring our food with us everywhere we go, honestly. If we're going to go out for the day, we pack lunches and bring it with us. But there are times where it takes longer than you thought it would and you're starving. (laughs) I get very hangry. That's a real thing between my husband and I. So if we get to that point, we'll have to stop in somewhere and get food. But this would be very simple to keep in the armrest of your car, a little cutlery kit. I thought that was a great idea. I've not talked about that before, but it's a fantastic idea. We can all easily implement that. 
She did talk about the cloth diapers. Now, if you're out traveling, I still do cloth diapers if we're traveling for a day or two. And there are wet bags that you can put them in. But if that's too icky yucky for you, there are compostable diapers. So just switch your brand of diaper instead of the plastic-based ones that are filling up the landfills and never breaking down. Switch it for a compostable diaper. They have bamboo diapers. There's, there are probably three or four different brands of diapers that you can get. I'll do my best to find them. And I can put a link on the show notes that will be available at the end of this episode. At the end of the clip of the story, they did review Lessons Learned. And it was really cool because the mom said that immediately she noticed they saved almost $50 per week just by switching to reusable items instead of the disposable items. And she really does hope that more people are willing to do this. Emotionally, it pays off and it's a really good feeling to be more sustainable. Amanda Lindner at the end, she had even mentioned not everybody has access to recycling or composting, but everybody can do something. So if you're in an area, and I speak I speak from my point of view. So in my point of view in life, I have access to recycling, but I don't have access to composting. But she's, I guess, really, there are people who don't even have access to recycling or composting at all, which was brought forth by the interview with Emily, the travel nurse, um, from our episode last week, where she traveled around. In some places, it was extremely hard to recycle. So you... Don't feel defeated and don't give up. Even if you can't do those items, you can still do something. All these little things do add up. If a lot of us do it, it significantly adds up. What else can you do? She even gave a list of that. When it comes to eating, if you could go meatless Monday. I personally, I like calling it flexitarian. I'm not completely vegan or vegetarian. I will still eat meat every once in a while. I just don't do it every single day, every single meal. So I'm more flexible on that. But you could do a meatless Monday. The amount of water that it takes to make one hamburger is equivalent to two months of showering. That's why skipping meat every once in a while actually does make a really big impact. So if you're not willing to do vegan or vegetarian, you don't have to do it permanently. You can just skip meat every once in a while and you'll still have a really big impact. Another thing that she pointed out, You will use a plastic fork for 15 minutes, and then it will sit in a landfill for 500 years. That's why bringing your own portable cutlery kit will have such a big impact on the environment. If we could get everybody to switch away from plastic forks and just bringing your own metal fork with you, then we would actually divert 40 billion with a B 40 billion plastic forks in the U.S. alone in one year. All we have to do is just bring a fork from home. So tiny, so small, so light, so simple. You can do it. You know what else you can add to that cutlery kit? Your reusable straw. In the end, I thought it was a really great episode with lots of very valuable information. (laughs) You didn't see me, but I was frantically taking notes the whole time that I was watching that episode because I want to make sure I didn't miss anything for you guys. I did try to find... Amanda Lindner, because I thought it would be really awesome if I could get a hold of her and interview her for this podcast. I'm not able to find her, so maybe I'm putting a little call to action out there. If anybody has heard of her or knows of her, knows how to get a hold of her, has her contact information, social media information, because I was not able to find it. I would really love to score an interview with this lady. She, She has got it figured out, and she probably has more tips than what they could 
even discuss on the Rachel Ray show. Well, I hope everybody learned something new in this episode. I do know we're running a little short on time. I try to get it about 30 minutes an episode. We're going to cut this one just a little bit short, so I'm sorry about that. For those of you who are wondering, the baby is the size of a toy soldier this week, according to my phone app. I hope everybody has learned something and enjoyed this episode. I hope that you are inspired to implement something from this episode. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I always appreciate your feedback and your support. You can go to www.startingsustainability.com forward slash episode 15 if you want to get the show notes. You can also send me an email at kaylin at startingsustainability.com. You can go to the Facebook group, leave a comment there. You know, I've never mentioned this, but you're totally welcome to do a private message via Facebook to me. So if you don't want to make a big post on there, but you just want to ask me something or give me feedback on an episode, you're welcome to do that. I welcome that. I love getting feedback. And I'm happy to share it. If you don't want me to share it, then tell me, please don't share this. Otherwise, I'm going to be under the assumption that it's fair game. I hope everybody has a great and wonderful week, and I hope that you are inspired to share some of this information with other people. Until next time, enjoy this beautiful fall weather. Get your pumpkin spice latte and your flannels on. Get your Halloween decorations up, whatever's in your system. Enjoy it while it's here, because pretty soon winter is going to kick in and we're all going to be freezing. (laughs) Have a great rest of your week. Bye. Bye.